Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman, and today we have the most amazingest, awesomest, coolestest, sweetestest, cool show ever. It's going to be really, really fun. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the show, though, for real. Um, Again, my name is Sam Spellman, and this show is called Roar. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, the show is called Roar, which stands for Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. In the show, I really just strive to help you guys read the Bible and and, and read it with intent. You know, I, I I learn the best when someone kind of is there with me. You know, I feel like learning to ride a bike, you do it better when someone's there with you. Learning to cook, you do better whenever someone's in the kitchen with you, a part of it. Um, so that's just kind of my intent. I really want to help you guys dig into the Word and, and develop your own prayer life and conversation with the Lord specifically around the Bible and let the Bible reveal who Jesus is, reveal who our Redeemer is. And uh, yeah, I think that's about all she wrote for the fun niceties today. The conversation, I want to get into Psalms 28. This is a a really awesome chapter of the Word of God, but again, right back, we're going to circle about, circle around, excuse me, take a little, a little lap here, back to the fun introductions. If you want to get in contact with me in any way, you can check out the description of the podcast um, in the description, I have all kinds of wonderful information for you, um, website, social media, all that good stuff. And if you feel like leaving a review um, for the podcast, that is much appreciated. That does help more people to get on and be a part of the conversation. So the conversation itself, Sam, you might say, what are we, what, what's in uh, Psalms 28? What, what is the, the coolness of it, right? What, what is, what's it talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that question because it's going to answer itself. When we read it, the Bible always interprets the Bible. I think that's an important uh little uh what do you call it? freebie? I don't know, a bit of advice. I don't even know what to call that, but let the Bible interpret the Bible. The word of God will interpret itself. You know, if it don't just look at one section of scripture and then say, "Okay, this is just the it." You know, this is just it. Excuse me on everything. Take a full, broad, you know, um, reading, find different scriptures, Old and New Testament, look and let the whole Bible really kind of interpret itself so you can catch what is being said. And I think another thing too, on the the heels of that statement, is when we're reading the Bible, we're reading it for truth, and truth isn't a principle. When we read the Bible, when we get into the Word of God, whenever you, you you get born again and you start digging into this relationship with Jesus, it should be just that. We're reading this for relationship. We're not reading it just to get a theological um, standpoint, if you will. Uh, it's it's a supernatural thing that God put His Word, you know, through the mouths of men and different authors, and it, it has been transferred um, down through generations for us to read. Jesus prayed in John seventeen. He explicitly said, I don't just pray for those who are here with me, but I pray for those who will believe on me through their testimony. In other words, through their words, through, through you know, <laughs> the Bible, essentially. Um, so that's a really, really cool section of scripture to study, John 17. But when you read the word, when we read the word, when we get into it, it's not just, okay, what is the, the right and the wrong? Although those things are going to naturally be divided between what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, right? What is light, what is darkness? Don't always just read it every time just for that. Read it to get a revelation of who God is, right? You don't read a text message from your best friend just to know if they're a good or a bad person. Okay, is this good or bad? 
You know, they sent me a text. We're going to McDonald's. Well, is that good or bad? Well, you're going to McDonald's. You're going to go get a, you're going to go have a meal. You're going to spend time together. How is that? Is that a good or bad question? No, that's a relational question. That's a relational statement. So when you read the word, when we read the word, again, it's revealing who Christ is. Jesus was the word made flesh, right? Corinthians talks about all things were made by him and through him. Everything that was named is named, right? There's there's plenty of scripture that backs it up, but it's it's reading it for the relationship, not just for the theology or the methodology, but read it to get to know Jesus, get to know who the Savior of, of, of the universe is, who the, the last Adam is, you know, the perfect man. What, what does it look like to be a perfect man? How do I know this perfect man? How do I get in relationship and communion with this perfect man through the Spirit of God? How, how does that happen? Read the word for those things. Because then it comes to it comes from a different place, comes from a different light, and uh, a lot of times we won't just forget stuff. Because I know the some of the times I just got into the word just to read to to try to memorize something. It was in one ear out the other. But whenever I just read just to know God more, to have God speak to me, to have the ears of my heart open when I'm reading it, reading it out loud, and have my actual ears listening to myself speak and read the word of God out loud. Those things, things begin to change whenever I, I approached the reading process, you know, and process probably in the right word, but it's the only word I can think of. The reading time, you know, experience process, um, whenever I approached it differently, it definitely changed um, and impacted, you know, and, and, and also this, if you're listening to this and you've never been born again, a lot of what I'm saying is probably just not going to make a lot of sense. When you're born again, though, things change. There's a, there's a supernatural shift that happens in your heart, in your soul, and in your spirit. And that new birth actually it makes the scriptures come alive. The Holy Spirit, it transforms everything to where it's no longer a, a mental gymnastics, but it is a heartfelt communion with God and with His Son and with the Holy Spirit. So that all being said, what a great setup for Psalms <laughs> chapter 28. I'm reading this in the ESV if you're curious what translation I'm reading in. It says this in verse one, <clears throat> excuse me, to you, O Lord, I call my rock, be not deaf to me, lest you, lest, excuse me, if you be silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. Pause. Let's pause. We hit verse one. There's actually a lot in verse one here. He says this to you, Lord, I call. So there's this, there's this clear initiation that's coming. There's this calling out. And then he says this, my rock. Now, there's a lot of different instances, and you can study it out, and I'll leave this to your guys' wonderful free time. Or you can call it homework if you want to, you know, call it that. I don't know. But if you want to read, look into some of the scriptures where it talks about God being a rock. There's a lot of different scriptures and different references to the rock of ages, and just a lot of, like, there's just a lot of good things about rocks, or like, you know, <laughs> why do kids collect rocks? Well, I don't know, because our Lord is like a rock. He's strong, he's mighty, and he's foundational, and he doesn't change. He's unwavering. It's pretty solid. So there's some really cool parallels. I really appreciate in this how he calls the Lord his rock, you know, his foundation. He says this, Be not deaf to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Again, this goes back to how am I reading? Am I reading the word and letting God speak to me through it? When I read the word, is my the ears of my heart open? Are my natural ears open even? Am I, am I waiting and anticipating conversation through the Spirit of God, through that still small voice 
in my heart? Am I am I anticipating that? Am I expecting that? You know, or am I expecting nothing? You know, and am I hearing nothing? You know, and and hearing is not just I got to I got to be careful about how I say this. I want to say this very specifically. So Holy Spirit help me say this. Hearing is something that you exercise just like you exercise a muscle. When you exercise your spiritual hearing, like your your inner man hearing, when, when I'm talking about hearing the voice of God and hearing the Holy Spirit, that's something that's exercised. That's not something that's just always, you know, like, you know, snap. Oh, wow. You know, I heard an audible voice, right? It's it's inaudible, but at the same time, it is audible. Um, but it's audible to your heart and to your spirit. Um, it is going to align with Scripture, the Holy Spirit, when He communicates to you. The Holy Spirit himself, right? So there's a personification when you're reading scripture and it talks about the Holy Spirit, it talks about himself. So there's there's a person behind Holy Spirit. It's not just this weird, you know, just a ghost or a spirit or like, it, it is very clear that it talks about there's a personification. So you're dealing with someone, you're communicating with the Holy Spirit. It's a personified, right? It's not not just some like weird figment of an imagination or like a, a floating cloud, but it's the Holy Spirit you're dealing with, and He will bear witness of Jesus. In other words, everything that the Holy Spirit says is confirmed in Scripture, lines up with Scripture, bears witness of Jesus, bears witness of truth and of light. It's not going to be a dark, deceptive, um, you know, just confusing uh, anything. The Holy Spirit is very clean, very pure, and very clear. And when you experience the new birth that kind of cleanliness, that kind of cleanness, pureness that you experience is going to be the same kind of flavor of the conversation that the Holy Spirit has to you. It's going to be of the same genre, if you will. So if you're trying to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be clean. It's going to line up with scripture. Sometimes it might just be a scripture. You know, oftentimes the Holy Spirit will bring a a scripture up to my remembrance, maybe one that I had read weeks ago that I hadn't even been thinking about and all of a sudden it just bubbles up and it's just like whoop oh I didn't even I haven't thought about that in forever and the soul a lot of times is it's a connector um the soul's between the natural man right your your flesh and the spirit man and so the soul sometimes in the middle it's it's kind of where the heart your your heart's at that whenever I'm talking about your heart it's your soul it's your spirit and some of that the bible is the only thing that can accurately divide between the soul and the spirit, right? So if you're if you're confused and you're you know you maybe scared, don't be scared, don't be confused, but I do suggest this, read the word. Dig into the Bible, read the word, read the New Testament, read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read them all the way through. Read the epistles, Romans, uh, Col- Colossians, Corinthians, you know, 1st and 2nd, 1st John, 2nd John, 1st Peter, right? Those letters, the whole new, just dig into the Word of God and then dig into the Old Testament. Psalms, Proverbs, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Judges, right? You can dig into some of these, just dig into the Word because when the Word is put in your heart, put in your soul, it then can begin to divide and dissect between what's true and what's not because if it lines up with the word, it lines up with light. It's pure. It's true. It's holy. That is the compass. And if it does not line up with what the word says, right? And the more words you have, the better spectrum you're going to have. You know, you can trust the Holy Spirit. He is the one who leads us into truth and he will lead you into truth as you dig into the word. 
But as you, as you're, especially as you're beginning, you know, and I just feel this in my spirit as I'm talking about this. This was not at all what I really planned to get into, but I'm just talking about this because I believe this is important and, and understanding this in a, in a, um, in a way that makes it achievable because sometimes it's very easy in the devil, the enemy, you know, <laughs> any sort of enemy of our soul is very notorious to try to make us feel isolated and on the outside. That, oh, that's just for the, you know, the minister, or that's just for the dude who went to seminary, or that's just for the one who, you know, they grew up in a in, in a home where they should understand that, but I didn't have that chance, or my, I missed the opportunity, or all of those things. No, no, no. It is very achievable. Every believer has the ability. God is, is no respecter of persons. Jesus told a parable, and in that parable, he talked about the sower who sows seed, you know, so the Lord is constantly sowing seed. He is, he is giving out truth. He's giving opportunities after opportunities. It is His will, the Bible says, that none should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of His dear Son, and that we could be engrafted into His kingdom, into His family, right? No longer in a kingdom of darkness, but now in a kingdom of light or in a family of light, which means every part of how I'm doing life, my bloodline has changed. So those excuses of, oh, you're just, you're not smart enough, or you'll never get it, or you're not spiritual enough, or, you know, those things are just a bunch of lies to just keep us out as those who are pursuing God and pursuing Christ from actually achieving and walking in what God wants us to walk in. Because there is an enemy of our souls. There is a deceiver out there that is attempting to deceive many people. But there is light and there is a, uh, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, who was born and of a virgin and was resurrected on the third day and has overcome the enemy and his deception and is there in heaven interceding for us and who has sent the Holy Spirit into the earth for us to be our comforter, our teacher, our helper, and to help us in all of these matters. So it is, it is achievable. But in this, again, praying, understanding the Word of God, all of the, just, it's a very broad topic, but at the same time, there's a lot of, um, there's not, I don't want to say a lot, but there is some very strong pillars that we need to have established in our heart. First and foremost, the Word is the final authority. No matter what anyone says, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it doesn't line up with Scripture. Now, there might be some things that doesn't line up with the Scripture that you know, but it does line up with maybe the book of Malachi that you haven't read yet, or it lines up with something that you just haven't got into yet. Some things, you know, the Holy Spirit's good about that. There will be a peace and a witness. This is the other thing. Two, the peace of God. Peace is, is, is how God directs. God doesn't direct through fear, intimidation, uh, suffocation, feeling like, well, if I just don't do it, I'm going to get smited. That's not God. God does not condemn, but instead he he lifts up, he encourages, he edifies, he pulls us forward. He doesn't just like shove us down and shove us forward. It's more of an inv- invitation. It's going to be a peaceful um, uh, witness on the inside of, of your spirit with the Holy Spirit. And again, if you're not born again, it's just it's it's a part of being born again. Just get, I encourage you get saved, and I'll talk about that towards the end. And if if you want someone to pray with you, if you're listening to this and you you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, you've never received the Holy Spirit, and you you know some of this is maybe just a little bit over your head. Feel free to to message. There's like I said in the beginning of the show, there's ways to get in contact with me. I'd love to pray with you. Love to talk to you about it. Um, it is it's it's possible. 
But there is a way to understand and having some of these pillars, the word of God, again, is unchangeable, unmovable. The Holy Spirit is our leader. He's the one who guides us into truth. He's the teacher, right? He is the spirit that Jesus sent from the father into the earth, right? Jesus is an inner. Jesus did rise again on the third day. He did everything he did as a man. That's that's very foundational. Just because Jesus, well, yes, he's God. Yes, he was the son of God. Yes, he is the son of God, but he also is the son of man. Another great study, look into scripture, read some of the scriptures and look at how many times Jesus used the word son of man and just see what those things, you know, that was connected to in his ministry and in his life because he did everything as a man. Yes, he could have called on legions of angels and just started calling down. You know, you read some of the, in the gospel accounts, John, and they're talking about, well, should we call down fire from heaven? You know, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's time out. Even Jesus, you know, he could have called legions of angels to get him off the cross and save him. In fact, he was mocked because he didn't, but it was because he wanted to accomplish a perfect man living fully and defeating death so that we, in all the imperfections that we might have been born into through family lineage, through curse, through whatever, through bad habits, through mistakes, sin, that we could be washed clean by his blood. He did it, and he did it as a man so that a man could be redeemed. Because we're people. We're men and women, right? So he did what he did as a man so that us, as the human race, could be redeemed. Right? Isn't that powerful? Really, really good stuff. Really, really simple stuff. Again, foundational, the rock. Who is Jesus? Back to Psalm 28. I know that was kind of a long rabbit trail. And again, like I said, any questions you guys have, feel free to email spellmanministries at gmail.com. Um, Again, the description of the podcast has information to get in contact. If there's anything that I'm talking about that you'd like to talk to me personally about or get in contact, feel free to use those resources to get in touch with me. It says this, verse 2, Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help and when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their heart. Give them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render them due their due reward, excuse me, because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of his hands, and he will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed is the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. So this right here, this is this is what is the nucleus of all this about. Like you're reading Psalms and he's talking about, you know, the Lord working with them, and it, you, you even hear some, like, borderline smiting talk. You know, destroy them, Lord, render them due with the wicked, and you're thinking, wow, this is it's kind of a bold prayer for, you know, to ask God to, to bring down, you know, judgment almost on, on your neighbor, right? The wicked. Well, see, where he's coming from is in this, catch what the heart of it is. This is a man who's in relationship with God and knows God is on his side who has kept his conscience clear to the best of his ability. And when he has fallen and failed, he has pled and trusted God and God's goodness for mercy. He did not do it in his own strength. He did not rise up in his own arrogance or pride, but instead stayed in a humble, submitted place to God. Right? See, the Bible says this, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud, or he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, I believe is the order that the scripture says. The heart of a man who is humble before God is able to be risen by God, is able to be elevated. God is able to work with that heart. 
but the proud, you know, you know, you can't work with a proud heart. It's, it's the same way in any relationship. You can't really get into a very intimate, you know, heartfelt conversation with someone who's just so arrogant. They can't even see past their nose. You know, if you're, if you're trying to talk to someone and you're just, you're just trying to tell a story, you know, you, you had this fun experience last weekend, you went to, you know, worlds of fun, or that was the theme park closest to where I grew up, or you went to Six Flags or whatever, and you, you go to theme park and you're, you're just wanting to tell a story. Hey man, I rode this new roller coaster. It was like super fast. And I think it's the fastest. And then just instantly you get jumped on. Well, I've actually ridden the fastest roller coaster. It was over in, you know, Dubai and, and it's like 300 feet, man. It was so cool. It was amazing. And you're like, you just get overwhelmed by someone. You're just like, whoa, I can't even talk to you. I can't even, you know, share my heart with you because there's so much arrogance. It's the same thing. We expect, you know, God is, God's not just up there with his nose high. He's a very pure, holy, clean, righteous, just, incredibly, the fairest of all fair. He is not unbiased. I mean, he is fair. He is honorable. So for him to come, you know, to come and approach God, approach God in humility. We're talking to the creator of the universe here. We're talking to Jesus, who is the son of God, son of man. We're talking about righteous judge over all the earth, over the whole universe, everything that was created. First Corinthians 1 or excuse me, Colossians chapter one talks about all things in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, right? Rulers, dominions, no matter what kings, everything is in submission to Jesus. So when we're approaching Jesus, understand, you know, who are we talking to? Why do we approach God with humility? Why is, why does it, why does the spiritual things flow this way? Because it's a relational thing. Spiritual things are relational things. You know, dogs, yeah, they have a soul, but are they spirit like we are? We were made in the image of God. It says man was made in the image of God. Well, what does God have that everything else in creation doesn't have? Relationship. Relationship that has intimate details, vision, dreams, expectations. You know, those things, you don't see a dog going, well, you know what? I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to be a lawyer because I'm tired of the injustice from coyotes. I'm sick of it. We need a court of law to establish order in this kingdom. No, you don't see that in dogs. There's no intellectual exchange of thought, exchange of heart, emotions. No, it is all all primal and carnal. It is a low level, low level. You know, they're, they're not out there ripping sentences. They might be able to bark and, you know, maybe point a direction and, and communicate on a very primal level, but they're not, you know, dating their mate. They're not okay, you know, walking up. And you might see certain things in animal kingdom that vary back and forth. But I'm talking about in general. You don't see, there's no court of the bears where you walk out in the woods and there's a shack where all the bears get together and have intellectual discussion about things. No, you, it's, no, it's not happening. Why? Because they weren't made in the image of God. They're not relational like we are relational. They're not spiritual like we are spiritual. The Bible says this. Well, two things to kind of back up what I just said there. Whenever you talk about the breath of God, the word for spirit in Hebrew, it's the ruach. It's like breath, right? So it's it's the breath of God. So the spirit of God is the breath of God. Jesus said this to the woman at the well in John, that the father is seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth, right? You could say the father seeking those to worship him in relationship and purity, 
in a pure, intimate relationship. You look in the garden, what was lost? Well, Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, but that was lost when sin entered in. In other words, the relationship was broken. Where there was relationship, it now was estranged and put because where sin is pure, holy, just complete purity, holiness cannot operate where there's disgusting dirt and griminess. It's just, they don't op, they're not together. They don't, it doesn't work. So what did Jesus do? Jesus bridges this gap. The Holy Spirit communicates, right? That there's this gap that is now bridged. There's this blood that was shed. There was an atonement made for the sin so that communication could be restored by the Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, he communicates, you know, he bears witness of, he communicates of God, of the Holy, of, of, of the Father and of the Son, right? Jesus restored, he said, Abba, he called God Father. That's a very intimate relationship. You know, and so spiritual things, that all to be said, spiritual things, a lot of them are relational things. They're very similar in their outer working. You know, I, I want to, obviously, I, I encourage you to study out everything that I'm saying. Look into the Word of God. Dig into the Scriptures about relationship, about spiritual things, about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, what happened in the book of Acts, you know, the, the gifts of the Spirit, what they do in their working. You know, look into some of those things because it's important. It's important that we understand and we allow God to reveal who He is. But again, God reveals who He is through relationship, comes through humility, comes through expectation, through faith, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What I mean, what, what's another word we could use for faith? Trust. Well, without trust, no relationship's going to be pleased. If you don't trust your friend, that's, you know, you might as well throw that relationship in the trash. See, it's, it's without faith, expectancy, right? We have faith on God. We believe in God. We trust in God through this testimony, through the experience that even has been handed down and through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. These things reaffirm, right? They, they bring those who maybe would not have faith to come to this place of, wow, I can, I can put my trust in God. And then the Holy Spirit invades and inhabits your heart and your spirit, right? He's, he lives in the same, he shares the same body with you. Bible says in Corinthians, don't you know that you are the temple? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. So there's this inner, inner dwelling of where God's no longer just out there, but you can have relationship where he's closer than a brother. You become one spirit with Christ. So there's, there's a lot of scriptures that validate this relational understanding. But again, I want to encourage you with that as I kind of wrap up the podcast here, you know, dig into the scriptures. If it doesn't line up with the word, that's a pillar to have foundational in, in your, in your heart and in your relationship with God. And then secondly, it's relation. It's not just theological. It is a relational, you know, pursuit. When you're reading the word of God, read it for a relationship, read it to hear what God wants to say to you. You know, it's like a text message. You can you can read through it and then just let the Holy Spirit, if you've been born again, let the Holy Spirit rise up within you and highlight things. Because He will. He is He is a great, you can trust the Holy Spirit. Let's just say it that way. He will highlight things. He will lead you into truth. And it, it might be a completely different thing than what your neighbor's getting into. You might be going to the same church as someone and God might be speaking to you about something completely different than what he's speaking to them. But that being said, it doesn't make what they're experiencing and what God's speaking to them any less valid than what God's speaking to you. 
Don't let the devil pitch you against other people because someone maybe might not see something the same exact way that you see it. Let the Holy Spirit be the one to lead their heart, just as you humbly rely and trust on the scripture and on the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth. It's we got to we got to let God be God. Let Jesus be the Lord. Let him be king. Let, let us not try to be the king of other people's relationship. Let him be the leader of their relationship, just like he's the leader of your relationship. So um, again, if you if you've never prayed a prayer, you know, I I encourage you reach out uh, to us. I really just feel like that's kind of the way I I feel in my heart to handle it. Look in the description of the podcast. If you want to receive Jesus into your heart, receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, feel free to reach out and pl- and please do feel don't feel afraid to do that. I would love to talk to you. Um, my family would love to talk to you, um, pray with you, give you scripture, you know, talk to you about it um, even more in depth. Um, because being born again, it's it's a relational thing. It's not just a, a ticket to heaven. Although, yeah, you're gonna live in the same house. If you're if you're getting married, you might share some things, but that's not the reason you're getting married. You're getting married because there's a relationship that you're pursuing that you love, and that relationship is what the core. Uh, excuse me, that relationship is the core of what it's all about. So, that being said, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate everyone who tunes into these. This one went a little bit long, but that's okay. You made it through to the end. I appreciate it. Um, God loves you. I really, I love you. I'm so thankful for everyone who talks to me about listening to the podcast. It is such a blessing to hear um, all y'all's words about it. That's probably not good English. All of your words, excuse me, um, about it. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I just want to leave you with the blessing because again, God loves you. He wants you blessed. So may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.